Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. The season has begun, fam. The Flyers are 1-1-0. and No loser points yet, but we'll probably get a few of those by the end. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, so let's get right into it. Some things. I They've only played two games, but a ton of shit has happened. So let's start it off with the birthday girl herself, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. So JVR is out for a significant period of time, and that sucks. I've already seen a lot of takes about how it's going to be Dale Weiss, mostly from the woman across the table from me. I said no such thing. You did. I want everybody, including the love of my life, Kelly (laughs) Hinkle, to calm the fuck down. I will never calm down. That's exactly what you said the last time we had this conversation. It's not going to be Dale Weiss. Yet. It's going to be Jordan Wheel that is going to take the place of JVR. Dot, dot, dot. For now. Exactly. Until they need some size in the lineup. I was encouraged. For now, it's going to be Jordan Wheel. I was encouraged to see it was Wheel just sliding into that spot. Yeah. But right away, my first thought was, Raffle moves up, Wies on the fourth line. That was my just initial. It, It is important to note that, like, I don't think Hacksaw's the biggest Weiss fan. Yeah. So the, you do have to remember that, that Weiss and Laterra are not, it's not like Weiss equals Laterra. Laterra he likes. Yeah. Weiss he does not seem to like that much. Weiss is no Chris Vandevelde. All right. Mm. He's no Chris Vandevelde. And that voice you just heard was the Athletic.com's own Charlie O'Connor. So you know what my least favorite thing to see on Twitter is? And there's a lot of bad things. Actually, no, let me let me rephrase. My least favorite flyers related. Oh, I was going to say, you, there's, there's, a lot, there's other really there's bad things on Twitter. A lot of those porn yeah. accounts was, in your, yeah. your replies lately. Oh my God, what is it with, with, so with the porn bots? Yeah, I thought they got rid of all yeah, them. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're coming back in full force. Yeah. They've been oh coming back God. hard. So anyway, the my least favorite... <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> my least favorite flyers-related thing to see on Twitter is the constant news updates every time a bad former flyer does something good in a game. Happens all the time. You see it like all over the place. I get some people are doing it jokingly. I get that. But more often than not, there seems to either be a like, why didn't he do this while he was here undertone? Or even worse, why did we let this obviously useful player leave element to the whole thing? And guess what? If a guy was bad here, he's probably bad on his new team too. It's just that we don't have the time to watch the games in full anymore when he plays, so we only see the rare occasions when he scores a goal or makes a good play because it pops up on a gif or something. And in reality, he's probably just as mediocre to bad as he was when he was on the Flyers when we were watching him and yelling at him. Is this just in, saying. Is this in direct reference to Valtteri Filippo picking Eric Carlson's pocket and scoring a goal today? No comment. Sure is. <laughs> also... 
why wasn't he scoring goals for us? Good yeah, question. man. I mean, it, it's I, I will say it's fair to say in that situation because Philpola was actively bad for the Flyers last year, and there's no way he made one play better than stripping the best freaking defenseman in the league and then scoring a goal. Last but certainly not least, the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. All right, so as Bill mentioned, we're two games into the season. And I really need everyone to calm down about Nolan Patrick. <laughs> oh, Nolan. Yeah. So, like, everyone's losing their minds because he doesn't have 12 goals yet. People are on Charlie's website saying that we should have taken Pedersen instead of the consensus number two slash number one overall pick in the draft. And it's it, it's a little much <laughs> for two games in. Like, it, give the kid a break. It does seem a little early. It's a little much. <laughs> I, like, I, let's I realize... get, like, five games you can start. But not yet. I realize like he hasn't put up huge numbers yet, but especially the first game, I really dug what I was seeing out of Nolan Patrick in bursts. Uh, he looks faster. He looks more willing to take the body. And I, I, I don't have a problem. I, I would love for him to have a bunch of points right now, but uh, I don't have a problem with the way he's playing. All right, gang. So yes. We're going to get into all the stuff uh, you think we're going to get into. I think we've already even started, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be vintage BSH radio. I assume, and I say I assume as if I didn't write at least half of the outline. Uh, <laughs> however, to keep everything in perspective, I am in a moment going to ask all three of my co-hosts to say one positive thing about the team because listen, we already have our complaints. It is not yet Festivus, but we have some <laughs> problems. So we're going to tell you people about him, uh, but I'm going to ask all three of my co-hosts to give one positive thing about the team, but before I do that, I want to make some comments. First and foremost, happy birthday, Stephanie. Happy birthday, Steph. No 42-year-old has ever looked better. Um, <laughs> I've earned every second of these years. <laughs> Stephanie's 25 years old. Thank you. Second of all, gang, I have a big congratulations to all three of us, all four of us, I'm one of us. You do exist. This is our 100th show as a team. Is now, it really? oh, is now it? everyone will wow. say, but Bill, we started with episode 79, and this is only episode 178. That's only 99 episodes. You don't, you don't know the maths. But <laughs> we did the Broad Street Hockey Radio trade deadline extravaganza. That and that, that episode was not numbered because we had the episode 100 that we didn't even get to, so we never we did it. We got to it. Yeah, we there. didn't get to it yet oh. at that time, so we never numbered that one. So there is an unnumbered episode. This is our 100th episode as a team, and it is, as I said, on Steph Driver's birthday. So double milestone. Well, that's kind of fitting. Double milestone for all of us today. And we're all 100. Yeah. That's really exciting. <laughs> so congratulations, guys. Now Next week will be the numerical 100th episode of us as a team. Oh, that's awesome. But this is actually number 100. I've had this marked in my phone for months, and I actually wrote it on my hand. Check it out, Facebook. God 100th bless. episode. Uh, so Will my... you actually tell the people that I'm not above 40? No, Steph is not over 40. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So my one positive thing, uh, you heard it at the start of the show. Knock Knock is back as the victory song, throwing it back to the last time the Flyers were a fun team. That song makes me so happy because it, really, it does just, just takes me right back. Right there, man. To the most fun that I've had as a Flyers fan they had, probably and, in like, my life. Now I can't fight you guys about it being our intro song. And it pisses Pittsburgh fans off so much. Yes! And that's just delicious. As if like, Andrew WK is from Pittsburgh and not Michigan, but they don't seem to have an issue with stealing that. Right. I, I don't know. Uh, so let's get into it, guys. I am going to first call on 
Kelly Henkel, what is your one positive thing about the Philadelphia Flyers through two games? I would say for me, it's the steady and reliable play of a one badass mother effer because people have been yelling at us about our bad language. Have they? Badass motherfucker Kelly Brian Elliott today. has been great. He I actually, think. he has been. And Very good. It surprised me because I was whew, in the preseason. I, mean, I was ready to, in the to put the final so. nail in the coffin. But mm-hmm. no, he's it's, been he's been good. This yeah. this goaltending situation right now is being held together with uh, popsicle sticks and chewing gum, basically. But <laughs> Elliot is the popsicle sticks and the chewing gum right now. He is all they have. Quality and, chewing gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like this is like uh, orbit. This is <laughs> blue orbit for yeah, sure. Yeah. He's the blue orbit yeah. of goaltenders. Uh, there are two blues. I I always get confused. The dark blue. Oh, right. I don't like the dark blue. Well, I mean, it's fine, but I like the lighter blue. The mi- aquamarine, if you will. <laughs> mm. Mr. O'Connor, one positive thing, please. Uh, I would say it would be one Mikhail Vorobiev, who I think has Ooh. been extremely impressive in the early going and pretty much just carried over exactly what he was doing well in the preseason to the regular season. And that's the... Uh, I expected an adjustment. You know, the NHL preseason is not regular season NHL level hockey. So, okay, maybe there's an adjustment period. We all saw it last year. Nolan Patrick looked pretty good in the preseason. Okay, this kid... And then for the first half of the season, gave them nothing. So, uh, Vorobiev, you know, not coming off the injuries, or anything, but I was just thinking maybe there's going to be a bit of an adjustment. He looks like the perfect 3C. He is a 3C in this league, and I'm real happy about it. Yeah, you know, he's looked fantastic. Steph, finish it off. One positive thing. All right, so I'm I'm going broad with my positivity, and oh. it's the skating. This entire mm. team is flying up and down the ice, and and it's it's really cool to see because this is a really slow team a couple years ago. That's they've gotten incrementally faster over the last few years but this is the first like they play Vegas the other night and I'm not sitting there like oh man they're skating circles around us because even the game they won against Vegas last year shots were like 42 yeah, to they, 30 they or something yeah. it was yeah, just and, what it was Neuvert who played a Mesi- yeah, Mesi- yeah. game Neuvert played one of his Neuvert games where you go this guy's a good goal <laughs> like he was absolutely outstanding and that's why they won they actually went toe to toe with a faster team in Vegas Vegas doesn't look as good as they were last year but they're fast and they beat them and skated with them, and that's very positive. Good job all around, gang. Now, See, we have some positivity in us. We sure do. And now we start with, I guess, the news of the day. Four periods into his five-year contract, JVR out five to six weeks with a lower body injury. Mm-hmm. Looked like he took a puck to the foot. No, uh, and yeah, where is it? Knee. Oh, right. okay. Knee. Yeah, there was, I look like the side of the knee. Inside okay. of the knee. Okay, I yeah. just knee. saw the one angle. I thought maybe it was the foot. Inside of the knee, five to six weeks. What the hell happened? Could be a really bad bruise. Yeah, bone like a contusion. bruise. Or something. Sometimes yeah. they can be really rough. Okay. Even yeah. if you didn't break a bone. It, and it is hard to. I. You can't if you, you can't push. You can't skate. So I get it. Our, five our to buddy six. Dr. Jake on Twitter today said that the inside of your knee. That part of your knee has a lot more stuff than the outside part of your knee. So mm-hmm. if you hit the inside part of your knee, there's a lot that can go wrong. So so, five, so maybe stop blocking pucks like that. Yes. Uh, that seemed like a kind of I know, freak it was, thing. It was yeah, a fluke. That wasn't a Michael Raffle spin around backwards yeah. <laughs> I was, type of block. I was, actually, I was yelling at Michael Raffle using JVR as, <laughs> as the scapegoat, I guess. But I, I thought, because right away, my and that's how when I wrote this outline where it says, just like that, the we've got three lines thing disappeared. But then I thought, you know what? Actually, this is an opportunity for Jordan Wheel once it 
I realized, no, it's not going to be Raffle, which will bring Weiss back. We do have Wheel still, and that is good. Uh, Jordan Wheel. He's going to be on the third line with Vorobiev and Simmons. Uh, Simmons and Wheel have had that chemistry before. Now they actually have a center whose name isn't, you know, Valtteri Filppula. There's a chance he succeeds. Yeah. And if he plays well in this opportunity, what are, what do we think the chances are when JVR comes back, Jordan Wheel is still in this lineup? Mm, slim. Like, yeah, okay. I mean, optimistically, I would like to think that if Jordan Wheel plays very well and JVR comes back, obviously JVR is not going to be scratched. They're going to put him back in the lineup immediately that, that the coach would say, screw this fourth line thing. This guy's playing too well. I need him in the lineup. Realistically, I'm I'm not sure. Like, I yeah. really don't know if, if they're so wedded to this idea of Jordan Wheel has to be in the top nine. It's, it's weird, though, because he did play some time last year in the fourth line. So yeah. I, I don't know why they've just kind of decided this. I think it's during the road trip, Hack, like, left the door open a crack for maybe he can play on the fourth line later. So this is, but I agree, this is a big opportunity for Wheel, especially because he, uh, you know, he just didn't he didn't win that that three C job and clearly they're not putting him on the fourth line. So this is the only way he was gonna get in the lineup. And we said this is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Yes, you know, you want Jordan Wheel in over a Yuri Laterra if it's you know, if it's if the trade is one for one, I want Lit- I want Wheel in and Laterra out. But this is kind of the benefit we have here. Only thing that has to be shuffled, of course, is that line. You can just put Jordan Wheel in like like Hextall said, he can play all three positions. He can do whatever you need him to do. Boom, we have a top nine winger ready to go. But they didn't just shuffle the one thing. No, they did they not, too. They, they seem to have mixed up lines one and two as well. They've gone back to super line with Voracek, uh, with his old buddies, Couturier and Giroux, where he was scoring at an incredible pace before he got moved down to bump up the uh, line two last year. And now Travis Konechny is on a real interesting line with with uh, with Patrick and Limblom. Hmm. I like the makeup of that line. You have some size, you have some speed, you have some scoring, you have some distribution. I like everything I'm seeing. I just... Want to keep that top line together because I yep. know what it can do. So Travis Konechny can do two laps of the rink before Lindblom uh-huh. and Patrick can get from one goal to the other, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. He's, just, he's significantly faster than both of them. Like significantly, but he's also significantly Limblom, faster than Couturier and Giroux. True. That's very <laughs> true. Fair. Yeah, That's I mean Couturier is about the same speed as those as maybe as Patrick. I think he's probably faster than Limblom, but he's might be the same speed as Patrick. Giroux is a little bit faster than all of them. Giroux is a he's little. Not, he's not on Konechny's level. No, no, no. That's Giroux can skate and he's a swift athlete, but he is by no means the straight line speed no. of Travis Konechny. Yeah. But yeah, your point well taken. It might be, hey, where is everybody when he thinks he's le- <laughs> when he thinks he's leading a three on two and it's actually a one on two? Like I love Travis Konechny a lot, and I feel like he's just going to be bored. Like he's he's just going to be <laughs> skating around. By himself, waiting for somebody yeah. to pass him the I think, puck. I think this is a good test for Konechny, though, because I do believe, in part, yes, it was stupid to break up the top line going into the playoffs last year and to go, well, we need Raffle because he scores playoff goals. And it's like, yeah, but Konechny just scores more goals. So <laughs> yeah. I'd rather have more that are pretty than, uh, but whatever. It was dumb to do that. But I do think some of the motivation was, hey, that line is giving us nothing. Maybe Travis Konechny can pull them into relevance. Yeah, I mean, and. Yeah, God. No, and it's just maybe this will get Nolan Patrick going. That's what I'm hoping for. That's clearly what they're trying to do um, because that second line hasn't been great over 
an entire two games. Um, <laughs> yeah, make sweeping generalizations. Yeah, but I, I just don't like fixing things that aren't broken. And that top line is, is like the one thing on this team that is very well and truly not broken. So I wish that they would try to find another way to get that second line going. But I guess if this works, then fine. But And you don't have the JVR option. Yeah, right. Yeah. But here's the thing. What does working look like and how long is Hackstall going to give it? Two periods? Yeah, he could always just flip them back. Yeah. I, to me, I actually think, you know, a, a lot of ink has been spilled, understandably so, about Patrick having a, a rough start. I've been just as disappointed in Voracek's start. Mm. I think he's been pr- pretty poor <laughs> over the first two games. Here. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I, I love Jake Voracek, and I'm not concerned about him, but I want him to play better. Yeah. And. I almost wonder if this is just as much a, a, a way to get him going. You put him with Couturier and mm-hmm. Drew, and obviously that line torched everyone last October. You know, get him going on that line, and then maybe if he starts playing like Jake Voracek again, you know, maybe you can almost just move him back down because now he can be the best player on the Patrick Lindblom or you know whatever line they're they're going to roll with with the second line. I want to see more out of Voracek, and this one would think that you put him with Couturier and Drew, and you will see more out of Voracek. Am I the only one who's not disappointed in the way that Nolan Patrick has played? No, I'm not disappointed. I, I mean, it would be nice if he was scoring, um, but I'm not. I don't watch his game and worry. Right, and, yeah, and gets, the way that he's skating, yeah, he looks and his decision making is still sound. The mm-hmm. end of that, he made uh, something I love about him and Limblom together is they both and Voracek to some extent as well. His is more offensively oriented, but they're all so good in the neutral zone. And I, I think I made the comment on one of the the only post game I did. I only did the one. Uh, Limblom and Patrick both seem to like forecheck via backcheck. Like they they almost create offense by playing defense. Like they come up behind guys, lift their sticks, and steal the puck all the mm-hmm. time. And like it's not the sexiest play, but that's a straight up. Are you sure? Like <laughs> like it's a, that's a steal, and it gets play going the other yeah. way. Now imagine. Patrick does that, turns around and just flips it to a streaking Konechny. Now we have a rush. So maybe it could work. I, but yeah, I want Nolan Patrick scoring and everything, but he's doing other things. And I know this is the argument we made about Couturier for like five years until he finally started. But he does everything else. But yes, Nolan Patrick, former second overall pick. He had the big second half last year. We need him to take strides. He's the number two center. But in no way am I concerned about how he's yeah. playing because I'm seeing him make good plays. I just I think it's, it's a combination of two things. Number one, there was an, an understandable expectation that he was going to blow the yeah. doors off to start this year because of the summer, finally had a chance to train, finally isn't hurt, had the big second half. So the fact that he hasn't done that has people like, hey, why isn't Nolan Patrick doing anything? The second reason is that he really didn't have that great of a preseason. Like, everybody else had that one game where they looked awesome. Like, Limblom had that one game, Konechny had that one game, Giroux had that one game. Patrick has not yet scored a point in 2018-19, preseason and regular season. And it's a little concerning because you're you're wanting to see that offensive flash and it just hasn't been there. If we would have seen it at least once in preseason, I'd be a bit less concerned. But I'm a little bit like, you know, maybe Nolan's gripping the stick a little bit too tight in the offensive zone and he's the second line center. He's got to score. You know, if it's not yeah, like he's yeah. Katuri on the fourth line in his early years, like he's 2C. He's got to score points. I mean, I'm scrolling through NHL.com right now just for funsies and there are 
quite a lot of very good hockey players through two games who have zero points. Sure, like, but it's but not it's not just the points. I guess my the way I differ from you guys, I don't think he's I don't think he's playing that well. Mm. Like he's doing some things right, but so much of his game is offense. And yeah. if, it, like if this was a case of him creating a ton of chances in the offensive zone, and they just weren't going in. That okay. would be one thing. Yeah, he's doing nothing in the offensive zone, and I want to see him do fair. something in the offensive zone. He's just waiting till they bring it back home so that the home crowd can cheer his name again. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows like, he's a very dramatic showman. That's <laughs> <laughs> God, I can't think of anything that is more opposite of what Nolan Patrick is. <laughs> the thing that makes me laugh about this idea of a rough start is, yes, okay, maybe it is. But if he plays the next three games extremely well and has five oh, yeah, points, then, about. then yeah. it's, oh my God, he's off to such a great start. Like, right, it's only been two games. Yeah. Uh, Dose. They seemed, uh, well, JVR's out, so they had to make an addition to Power Play 2. And I guess we can talk about Power Play 2 now as well, but Limblom is stepping in there, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. I was actually kind of surprised that Limblom wasn't on the pe- the second unit to start the year, but they put Vorobiev in there, which was you know really a, a, a kind of a... It was show a confidence in, in the rookie to put him on the second unit right away. And now Limblom's there. Limblom's in the net front, uh, it looks like. So, yeah, it, it's fine. I mean, we'll see how they do. It's not like they've gotten much out of the second unit yet. So hopefully this gets them going. But obviously the loss of you know JVR is big there because that was yeah. a big reason why Power Play 2 was supposed to be better this year. You had this great Power Play score to the net front, and boom, you're going to get goals. And now they don't want to have him for five to six weeks. So Now that bad. we're talking about Power Play 2, well, I guess I'll just bring it up now. They're going with four forwards, and Sanheim is not on the second power play. Is this like a shock to anyone? I'm very surprised by it. No. I mean, I'm not. I, I would like to see him on the power play. I'm not surprised he's not on. But there. the fact that they went Verobi, they, they went with a forward, and it's a rookie, and it's not exactly a guy with a track record of point production. Weren't you clamoring for this on this very show? Playing more forwards on power play? I've been clamoring for more defensemen on the penalty, on the penalty kill. kill. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I switched it around. In my ideally, head. I want four forwards. <clears throat> I just don't know if the Flyers have a whole second unit worth of guys. Yeah. And Sanheim, to me, if he's not on the power play, you're not getting full value out of him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah. surprised because Dave Hextall is racist against Travis Sanheim. That's Ooh, true. People that is, that is a, a bold pronouncement. Welcome to However, Steph's TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Steph's TED Talk. Thank you for joining me here today. Let's talk about Dave Haxtell and his decision making. <laughs> so I think the reason why he's not on power on the second unit, to be honest, is just because of the structure they use. And I'm not talking about personnel structure. It's because they like only having that one defenseman up top. If I if Sanheim's going to be at the, on that unit, I want him up top because mm-hmm. he's so good at lateral movement. He's so good at walking the line with the puck. But they they seem like they're wedded to Proveroff there. And as long as they're wedded to Proveroff there, if you're going to put Sanheim in that unit, you have to put him on one of the half boards. And I don't know if that's really the best use of his talent. Like, I love Sanheim. I'm not sure if he's a distributor in the sense that he can, like, quarterback a power play no, from the side the way Giroux can. Yeah, no, and that's the that's been my issue with power play, too, for quite some time, is that they use they try to go with... <laughs> Something similar to what Power Play 1 does, and that makes sense for continuity purposes, except for the fact that there's no way to replicate what Claude Giroux can do, and it's yep. stupid to try, because no one's Claude Giroux. Like, this guy led the league in assists last year. He's one of the best Power Play distributors to ever freaking lace up skates. Like, And we're going to get into Claude Giroux and his standings in the franchise's all-time list a little later in the show if we have time. Uh, newsflash, he's really freaking good. Um, <laughs> Weird. But... Like, 
like to say, okay, yeah, and we'll just do this with other guys. Probably not. Probably it's not going to work. You need to try something different, and I get it. You don't want to have to practice two different things, and it's hard to install that. But unless Giroux's going to play on both, it's stupid to do Giroux shit. Like the Eagles, you know what they did when Nick Foles took over the offense last year? Change the offense, because... Him and Carson Wentz are totally different players. I don't know. It just seems to it make really sense to me. isn't that hard to have two separate structures. It doesn't yeah, seem like it not, should be. It's not as if they practice. Like yeah, they practice. I guess at the same time, but they're literally on opposite sides of the ice. You could very easily and then they run into each other, and we lose. And our- then we lose strong <laughs> theory. Um, no, you could very easily just run. You know, kind of like an overload or something, something like that, where you have two defensemen up top, and then you you load up the bottom with forwards. You could easily do that if you wanted to. They just don't want to do it, and. I mean, generally speaking, I'm in favor of going with more forwards over yeah. defensemen. But in this case, yeah, it kind of sucks that Sanheim isn't really getting a, a shot there when I think he could succeed there. And as much as I love Provorov, and I do, and I think he's going to win a Norris Trophy at some point, um, it's not as if power play two has been some dynamo no. with him on it. No. He had all those goals last year. None were on the power play? Maybe one? I'd, I'd have to go back and look. He, I would think he probably snuck one or two in there, right? I don't remember. And were they when maybe. Ghost was not playing and he was on power play one? That's possible. <laughs> like, that's, that's all. Uh, but, I, I don't know. But but talking about players that we're looking at and have a little bit of, of a concern with, Profarov's on my list. Yeah. Yeah. That top pairing has been disappointing. I, I'm just... Just not as dominant as you would expect. Yes. Yeah. See, I'm. I guess that. Yeah, like this is kind of flipping. I'm. I'm. <laughs> I'm concerned about Patrick. I'm not concerned. I mean, relatively speaking, I'm not that concerned about Patrick. I want to see more from. I'm Patrick. also not that concerned yeah. about Provorov, yeah. but I'm looking. Like, mm, is there something up here? I haven't had any real issues with anything Provorov. I mean, he's had a couple bad plays, but like you, when you're on the ice for 25 minutes a game, you're going to. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, no, I mean, like Eric Carlson again got his pocket picked by Valtteri Filppula today and gave up a goal. Like shit happens sometimes. Bust. Um and things get amplified because it's Ivan Provorov, and you go, "Whoa, wow, it was him!" But no, I, I, I'm not concerned just because I think I know what that pairing's going to be. So yeah. after two games, I'm not. Uh, but now let's talk about the defense. And uh, I oh, had some, fun. I had some sound queued up uh, for it was Kelly. Uh, Dave Haxtell, what are you doing? I found on my phone today. Oh my but god! We'll just we'll just throw it out there. Dave Haxtell, what are you doing? So Christian, Follin, what are you what doing? Are you Christian Foline dresses in game two because Hack believes in participation trophies. This is my TED talk now. Uh, <laughs> the coach said he wanted to get Foline into a game and that he had a good camp and deserved a game. This is participation trophy bullshit. This is exactly what he did last year with Brandon mm-hmm. May. Mm-hmm. about how Brandon Manning deserved to play a game because he was a veteran and Travis Sanheim was not. This is the exact same thing. And Charlie, this is from your article today. It was a good sentence, so I stole it. Uh, the intention, pre- <laughs> <laughs> the intention, presumably, was to test out the two defensemen at the bottom of the depth chart and determine which one warrants more playing time moving forward. Now, this, li- this is a line of thinking. Uh, you know, if there was a question as to what... Christian Foline's role is okay. Yeah, sure. Like Radko Gudis had a really rough second half of the season and a dreadful playoff. So, all right. But after game one and the success that you had there and you won, this is a thing where like, oh well, we're winning with Brandon Manning in the lineup, so he can't come out. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Vandervelde's not going to come out when we're winning games. But no, since it's Radko and we got to get some guy who's worse than him in a game, that that logic doesn't apply, and we have to freaking play him. 
What? This is the stupidest shit. This is intentionally making the team worse. This is a this is a decision where you went, yeah, he's not as good, but uh, let's play him anyway. He was available on July 5th. The Flyers signed him to an $800,000 deal on July 5th. Such noted superstars as the aforementioned Brandon Manning and maybe a Luke Shen signed on <laughs> signed on July 1st. Yeah. No, it's it's I don't know what Hackstall is doing here other than he needs to... Losing on purpose? Is he betting against his own team? Maybe. Well, he's flinging I'm, spaghetti at the wall like and, and waiting to see what sticks. But isn't that the purpose of preseason? I was literally just Isn't that the to purpose that. of training camp? Like, we have all of these preseason games. Aren't they meant for evaluating your players talent and performance like why do we need a regular season game to do this so i am on the record as not hating this move as much as other people but he was very bad i don't like it but i i I understand i I guess the reason why i don't hate it as much is that guys are going to get hurt like defensemen are going to get injured and i understand the 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 opinion of the fan base is basically that Christian Follen is bad. He shouldn't play until he has to. But I do believe there's a benefit to like not parking a guy in the press box for a month. And then when somebody inevitably gets hurt, it's like, oh, hey, go out there and be good. Like, I do think there is value in, in getting a guy some ice time. Right. But game two. Well, I mean, would it have been better if he did it in game four? We'd still be yelling about it. It would have been better if he did it in like game 12. Well, that's my point. If he did it in game 12, then Follen might be even worse because then he hadn't played for a month. I think game two. I don't is, know, is man. I saw him in like his crazy. second. I saw him get turnstiled in like his second preseason game, and he looked like Johnny O'Doohy. And I guess this is another thing I I disagree is that I don't really give a shit about preseason. Like I watch. I remember watching Radko Gudis in his first season with the Flyers being awful in preseason. Well, thinking, that's because he's a thinking, bad defenseman. This guy is utterly is utter garbage. And then he came out when he got in the lineup that that later that year and was good. And was legitimately good. So, like, I'm not willing to bury a guy because of a bad preseason. It's not that it's not knowledge. It's not that I don't, you know, take that into account. Like, hey, he had a bad preseason. But, like, to be totally honest with you, Gudis didn't have a very good preseason either. No, he didn't. And he played well in game one. So, like, maybe Fulton could have played well in game two. He didn't. But maybe he could have. But I think it's two different situations. When you're a roster player, you can fuck off in preseason and not give a shit because you have a spot on the roster. A guy well, like Chris- had a roster spot. They were, really, they were going to waive him? You really think there was any chance they were going to waive I don't know. I don't know, no, but, the, I thought but he, he was a seven. But he's, okay, so let's say he's the seven. Like, don't you think that he should be trying to play his way onto the team? Like, shouldn't that be some kind of goal that he has? Like, if this is the absolute best that we were seeing out of Christian Foley in preseason because he was working his ass off to try to get a spot on the team? Not great. Well, I guess you can say the same thing about Gudis, and he played like crap too. Because I mean, well, theoretically, he's already he, on the team. Yeah, but so was Folan. The, theoretically, Gudis and Folan were kind of in the same spot as we saw in games but, one and but two. Folan's contract is for a seventh defenseman. Radko Gudis is getting paid like a roster mainstay. Fair, fair, but I mean that could change. You know, so is Dale Weiss. Okay, but I mean Andrew McDonald. <laughs> well, yeah, but they like Andrew McDonald. I, I think the the other aspect of this that comes into play is that, like, 
I don't think Radko Gudis is the sixth best defenseman on this roster. That's no, so, my so, so like that's the thing. Like, like we I don't think, have the sixth best defenseman. Yeah, like I in this organization. Well, my point is, is that I think fans would have been a little bit less annoyed by this if Game One Andrew McDonald played and Game Two Andrew McDonald sat for Christian Follen. That would have probably angered people less. Yeah, sure. Because the the underlying problem here is that pe- most people think that. Gudis is better than McDonald, and Gudis is in the second pair. McDonald's in the second pair, and Gudis is getting bounced between and that's the press box. My other issue, you can go in a second. So I, I'm thinking, actually, go ahead. I don't remember what I was going to say. Well, I'm trying to think if this would have upset me as much because we we know I don't like Rako Gudis, and I think that the lineup is better without him in it. Um, would I have had the same reaction if it was Andrew McDonald that fully replaced? And I think that I would. I think that game two is, is just. It's a very bizarre decision. You can't get into, into any kind of rhythm when you have two games in the same week with different defensive pairs. I, I, I just think that the decision making is lacking. And I mean, uh, to be fair, we probably wouldn't have. Be fair. <laughs> thank you. We wouldn't have been so upset if he didn't get absolutely blown out and led directly. I mean, to that yeah, no, it was really goal. bad. That and was, that's the other, yeah. my, I remember my issue now is like, <laughs> I've seen Radko Gudis play well before. I know that he is capable of being a good hockey well, player. Christian Foline was available as a right-handed defenseman on July 5th. These things are like gold in the league. He's just sitting there on July 5th because the whole league knows he's not very good. Yeah, I, I guess that's another aspect of this, too, is that I think another reason why people are so ticked off about this is because everyone... I mean, granted, I, I think people get especially annoyed when... They have a prior belief, and it's proven. They have a prior belief that the coaching staff disagrees with, and then it's proven. They they are proven right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. everybody just decided this summer that Christian Fullen sucked. Like everyone as a collective fan base is like, this guy is utter garbage. And in all honesty, last year he wasn't that bad for LA. He was okay. He wasn't great. He wasn't that bad. But everybody in Philadelphia was like, yeah, this guy is garbage. He's awful. This was a, Why did they bring him in? He sucks. And then in game two, he went out there and he sucked. So everybody's like, see, you should have listened to me who thought he was garbage from the get-go. Like, well, and that, that increases the anger. Not only did he suck in game two, but everyone is prepared for Travis Sanheim to get blamed for Christian Foley's oh, sucking. Yeah. Okay, well that's just like, that's just happened? Flyers fans being Flyers. Well, that, that <laughs> happened on the broadcast where I think it was uh, Bundy that was saying that a goal against would not have gone in if Travis Sanheim was screaming from behind. Oh, uh, it was like the goal. communication thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I yeah. think Bork tweeted something about that pair being bad, and Melter had to correct him and say it was. It's not. It's yeah, more, it's mostly it's more Fullen than it is Sanheim. <laughs> I love beat worse. I know, right? Um, but like, maybe if Foleen didn't completely blow his coverage, Sanheim wouldn't have needed to scream behind the net, and like it was just the most ridiculous fucking commentary. No, Fullen was a disaster. Like, no one is arguing that Christian Fullen had even a remotely good game. I guess aside from Dave Haxel, who said that in the post game, that yeah, he thought he had a solid yeah. game. Although, granted, like... He was like, put on the spot. Yeah, right? like, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah my guy it. played like utter dog shit. Like, he's no. not going to throw his guy under the bus, but I really hope that he was just, like, you, you saying have that. Because there's no way that anybody watched the game thought he played well. At a certain point, 
I, no, don't throw your seventh defenseman under the bus. He needs to call someone out other than a young guy. He needs to call out a veteran. Like, at a certain point, when this team constantly starts slow, when this team constantly underperforms, like... Didn't and a, he call out Steve Mason a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah but they decided they hated yeah, him. Yeah, they just right. all they all just turned on <laughs> Steve Mason. That was just burning bridges. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I would love to hear him just say, like, you know what? He wasn't very good tonight. That's what I would love to hear him say about literally anyone on this team. Yeah, I think... I think Dave Isaac had a line of questioning with Hextall about that last year. I believe it was Dave who who pushed that. And basically, Hextall said something to the extent of, like, the veterans... The veterans get disciplined, but the veterans get disciplined behind closed doors. Where and like it, the the unsta- the unstated part of that was that like the rookies are the ones that we call out in yeah. the media. The veterans we punish them away from you guys. Like, I guess I get the sentiment, but I also understand why that ticks off fans so much. Because mm-hmm. for fans, it feels like these guys who are going out there and playing poorly every night are never getting you know shit on by the brain trust because they're veterans. But I think that is their philosophy: is that you know the veterans have earned the right not to get called out in the media, so they don't do it. They just slowly cut back like on their ice time. And Laperriere, via taking two pucks to the face, has earned the right to fail at his job repeatedly. <laughs> like. That's it's all goes back to that, but that's like the the, that's what, so no, it so. really hasn't. We'll get to that, uh, but first, no, I don't know if we will. We're running out of time. Only ten oh six. All right, or is that the actual time? That is the actual. That, time. that is the actual time. Yeah. So, Steph, you asked a good question in Slack today. I'm surprised that you saw it. Uh, Kelly put it in the I, outline. I put that in there. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, right. I scrolled up and then and then looked, and you did ask this. I know. So, who gets waved? <laughs> Pickard or Neufer? Well, so neither. I will never say Pickard. I will always say Picard. Picard. Well, It'll always be Picard in my because head. Because you're a nerd. You're, you're attracted. <laughs> it's fine. Um, well, what that my, means? Yes, you do. The thought process was um, the Flyers are going to have to wave a goalie soon. Like We went through this exercise last week. Um, they knew the timeline for Michael Neuvert's injury. And they knew that he was going to come back probably in October. But they picked up Calvin Pickard anyway. Apparently he prefers to be called Cal. Oh, shit. And I absolutely will not. <laughs> Refuse. Cal he has, Pickard. He has to earn the right to be called his Cal name Pickard of choice. Cal Pickard is a there's straight up Cal. cowboy name. Cal it's, is fine. It's Cal Clutterbuck. And until he grows a mustache of equal greatness I will not be speaking of do you see the best fourth line of all time was in on three of the four goals against the Sharks yeah good for them yeah we'll get into that on ice sport radio which you can hear right here on the Broad Street Hockey Radio feed all right so so they're gonna have to wave one of these goalies um and this was before we knew about the JVR injury so let's just kind of negate that that happened I was thinking like could they wave Neufert? Like that was a thing that they, they easily been, could. I think has been talking about there, yeah. for a while. But why would they pick up another goalie if they knew what these timelines look like? They, Alex Lyon might even be back before the end of October. Here's yeah. why: I mean, Lyon's in. I would right personally, now. right? But you know, I agree. He's another guy you have to wave. They play back to backs this week, right? They have Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday. So chances are they're going to need Pickard because Neuvert is made of. I don't know, glass or bird bones or yeah, that makes me so uncomfortable. He's invisible. I maybe (laughs) whatever. Uh, You're you're probably going to need your backup this week. Even if Neuvert comes in at some point this month, chances are he's going to get hurt his first game back, just like he did last season. And you're still going to need that third goalie. You now have Pickard already here, Cal. Uh, (laughs) You already have Cal here, so. 
now you don't have to go looking for Peter Morozik because you're out of goalies. Yeah. You already have him here at least. Like, I get it. I do. Yeah, and it the just... JVR injury makes it a little more convenient because now they don't have to wave somebody right away. No, but then when Alex Lyon does come back, then they have to wave somebody. Yeah, and it'll because... be Lyon. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll be Neuver. Yeah, there, it's really... <laughs> no, a, it'll be Lyon. No, the, I mean, the Lyon's getting waived regardless. The question really is Neuver or Pickard. Or, or neither. Like, it doesn't... As crazy as this seems, like... Is it really that crazy to imagine they just keep three goalies? So here's the thing. Like, for like, I'm not talking about like just until JVR is back. I'm talking no, about like the season. I know. Because it gives you one extra defenseman, one extra forward, and one extra goalie when you have Michael Neuver, the guy made of glass. So here's the thing. The last team that I can remember that did this was the Islanders. And I don't want to replicate any <laughs> fucking thing that the Fair Islanders point. did. Like, ever. <laughs> I just... I. You have your starting forwards, and even though Leterre is in that group, okay, we're good, we're bringing in wheels, so we're fine there, and we have Weiss, who, you know, could always be waived for some reason. He's a, he's a guy. Well, yeah, he already has been yeah. waived. He yeah. can be sent down yeah, for the next 30 days. he can be sent down this whole month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what am I saying? Yeah, so you could always do that. Uh, and like, if you need someone, you can always bring up a a, a waiver's exempt guy like Albe Kubel. Yeah. Kubel. Albe Kubel. Kubel. Knack. Kubel. And uh, like someone like that, that you really won't need 14 forwards at any point. Uh on the roster, you can always just bring one up. They have a bunch of them down there who can come in and play fourth-line minutes if you need them to. Uh, the defensemen, you have those guys. You also have someone like Phil Myers down in the defen- down in the Phantoms that you can always just bring up. He's also waiver-exempt. Yeah. Waiver-exempt, exactly. So you have options where you can carry three goalies and get away with it. I really believe it's... It, it could happen. It makes sense it when you have happen. a 33-year-old coming off abdominal surgery, a Michael Neuvert coming off of I'm going to be coming in the hospital, coming <laughs> off I'm going to be in the hospital every other week of my life, mm. and now some guy who got waived by Toronto. Like it makes sense to me. Oh, the other guy that got waved by Toronto is doing pretty well, right? What, McElhaney? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, he, is he actually playing games in Carolina? He, I thought he was. Oh, he beat out, he beat out I mean, I know, Morozik. I know Morozik is giving up lots of goals. Oh, oh you don't say. But Carolina's winning anyway because they're scoring lots of goals. Um, yeah, maybe. Like, I guess I always looked at this as... I always assumed that Pickert was just a... Was probably just a pickup in the interim, but yeah, the more we're talking about this, it could be a three. They could stick with three goalies because they just don't trust Neuvert at all to stay healthy, which is the rational way to look at it because you cannot trust Neuvert at all to Never, stay ever. healthy. Now it's. I wish you could. I wish we didn't have to talk about these sorts of things, and we could just. But these hypotheticals of what they're going to do, they have a ton of options, and it's. I find it interesting. But it is you have to plan around. Yeah, I mean, when Neuvert comes back, how long are we going to have him for? And do we really need three extra guys? Goalie is probably our biggest area of need. Yeah, I just feel like the team is completely out on Neuvert, and I didn't feel like that until mm-hmm. they went and picked up. Another one it, well, that definitely raised eyebrows without and, a doubt. Yeah, yeah. It, that doubt. raises eyebrows. And I don't. I go back to was it breakup day when they said we're gonna keep our eye on what Neuvert does this summer? Like yeah. his whole, I'm changing my routine and I'm staying here. And that well, whole, he was originally going to go to Canada yeah. to train with yeah. the guy who who works with Hellebuck, and then he was like, Nah, I'm calling it Ottawa. I'm just going to spend the entire off season right in front of you guys in voice. Yeah, and we're going <laughs> to hang out in New Jersey. I think that wasn't his audible. I have a feeling. I you're have right. a feeling. 
feeling the organization went, there's something the matter with what you're doing, and we have to figure this shit out because you're still under contract this year. Let's see. And... and how'd that work, Michael? Yeah, well, and, that, Already in and that's the going and getting Pickard thing seems like... I do uh, feel bad for him. Yeah, no, because like, he's yeah. good. Yeah. He could have a he good career good. if he could just get on the ice. But also, yeah. like, as a human, like, oh, man, right, I feel bad he, for him. He gets paid either way. Mm. Hockey contracts are guaranteed. I know, but still. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> you know, it's not the same football where, oh, yeah, I got to mortgage my house because I tore my ACL. Like, I know. But, yeah, no, I, I, want, I feel bad for me because I want to have a good freaking goalie. <laughs> I never feel bad for you. <laughs> well, I wouldn't. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the special teams. We already got Do we in- have to? Yeah. We already got in the... <laughs> Yes. Good response. We got 15 minutes left. There's only two things left on the outline. This is going to be one of them. Uh, so we already talked about power play two a little. I like that they have the confidence in Vorobiev. Like, that's cool. And he is a really good passer, and he seems to be a good decision maker, so I get it. I just wanted to see Sanheim there this year. The penalty kill. They've allowed one goal on seven opportunities through two games, which is absolutely freaking incredible, given last year's numbers. Um, In the first game, they gave up some scoring chances, but I liked that they gave them up swinging. They looked aggressive to me. They looked like a team that wanted to pressure the puck more than sit back, and it's not like you could be worse than last year. I guess you could statistically. There are two teams worse than them, but really, it would be yeah, tough. It's like, don't don't yeah. challenge them, Bill. Really, it would be tough to be worse than last year. So playing soft in the defensive zone, I, like, what's the point? If we're giving up the scoring chances anyway, let's give our guys an opportunity to make a play. What have you guys seen? Um, I mean, I I haven't been incredibly annoyed by it. I don't think it's fixed. No, no. Like, there were a few really bad breakdowns in that uh, in that Colorado game. Obviously, they got the one goal. But there were a couple times where, like, I think there was one play where they ended up with a with what essentially amounted to a two-on-none on a, on a power play because Andrew McDonald got walked in the center of the neutral zone formation. Oh, you don't say. Yeah, like, like that was... Bizarre and bad, and that happened again later. Where I think Lawton was too far up in the forecheck, and then they blasted around him and had like another semi breakaway. So there's clearly some shit they need mm-hmm. to clean up still. But I do agree that it does seem like they're definitely pressuring more up ice. Like when the teams are trying to get out from behind mm-hmm. their own net, that first forward is coming in harder, which is good. That was something they did more of at the end of the year, and it does seem like there's a little bit more pressure, a little bit more in the defensive zone. But I don't know. I, I don't see any dramatic system shifts. I like the fact that Raffle is getting more ice time. That's what I, I am, like that yeah. a lot. I like I the fact too. that Lawton is back on the top top penalty kill unit. Yeah. Because last year he started on the top penalty kill unit and they got bumped down and then it was like the Laterra and Philpola show. Yeah, that's. I wanted to get into the player usage, and they've used six of their seven defensemen. Ghost just doesn't touch the ice shorthanded, uh, which I think is a mistake. They should play him at forward. But Provorov has played 433, McDonald 325, Gudis had one game, 206, Haig a minute 31, Foline a minute 16, Sanheim a minute 6. Yeah, he had so a, he had every, a everyone's, And they did have that 5-on-3 extended and everything, so it makes sense that they've used everybody, except for, you know, Gostas Bear, their most talented defense. 
defenseman. And then Listen, you got to get Andrew McDonald <laughs> yeah. his three minutes. Yeah. And the forwards, as as Charlie said, Lawton the most used with two fifty. Couturier two and a half. Latera two thirteen. That's why he's in the lineup. Raffle two oh seven. So he's finally getting his chance to really shine there. I've always he wanted... has come out to play this year. He, I, I really liked how he's looked. Yeah, I have some haters who've been in my mentions about him. Like, oh yeah, he got an assist. He's a superstar. I'm like, he's on the fourth line. An assist is a good night. Yeah. Uh, Limblom a minute seventeen. He's we... still the fourth line. Yeah. Assist is is a good week. Yeah. Limblom a minute seventeen. We talked about how we wanted to see him because he's just a good two way player and the way they like to play in the neutral zone pretty aggressive he's good at that uh drew's got 21 seconds and connect me three seconds i guess he just came out at the end of one so uh they're using a lot of different combinations i like what i'm seeing for the most part considering it was maybe the weakest aspect of the team last year now when they're down to you know when they're down to their eighth goalie or whatever the hell they got down to that's that hurt them last year but the single weakest aspect of the team all year last year, penalty kill, I think it's a little better. I mean, it, it certainly does look better through two games than it did last season, but through two games, two games. I'm not yeah. ready to yeah. declare it fixed. I, uh, yes. Clearly, if you know if they have a bad night tomorrow, my whole postgame is going to be about <laughs> firing in LaPerriere still. But I, they're getting some saves. Yeah. Guys are, they still just can't defend. They still just can't defend the front of their own net, and it blows my mind. But they, well, it's not that they can; it's that they, they don't. They, they, don't. Uh, they choose yeah. not. They to. just don't. It seems to be structurally, they're like, ah, nah, he's fine there. Nah, that guy's standing. Like, if I, I, I say this all the time, but man, if I'm Wayne Simmons and I'm watching the Flyers kill penalties, I'm yelling at the defenseman like, "Do you see me getting my ass kicked?" <laughs> Every single night, like, how do you, how do you think my life is so hard? I, I, I freaking playing through all these injuries, and you just let guys stand there. If Wayne Simmons got to play against the Flyers penalty kill, he'd have as many goals as Wayne Gretzky. I missed the beginning part, so I don't know what you're yelling about. <laughs> okay, he's right. <laughs> are you are you yelling about how they don't clear the porch? They don't. Yeah, they yeah. guys just stand there totally by themselves. I, it's it's definitely the system. That's what they do. No, it's been it's been that way for years. <laughs> oh yeah, There's no, it's nobody in front and of them. And it's not. That's why I'm not. I can't always just blame Hackstall for certain things because these are things I complained about under Laviolette and Baruby as well. All right, so let's. It's gotten worse though. It's, yeah, now they just dudes just stand there. Yeah. If there's a rebound out like to the back door, it's a goal. It just is because he's alone. Yep. Uh, all Indeed. Right. Claude Giroux. Let's. Here's a positive thing we didn't bring up uh, because it's almost a given now. And I, I was. I'll. I'll be honest with you, Steph. You're on Sons of Pen with me when I was leading the train. Yo, Claude Giroux is in decline. <laughs> this is bad news. Oh my god. We need for to move on from the captain. Like months on it. I was I was there. And you know what? He won me back and he won me back real hard. And there's this article that appeared on Sportsnet this week. Highly recommend it was if good. you don't think G gets the recognition he deserves. This is the type of piece that can help change that. And now I that actually he's, haven't read it yet. It's I I really recommend it. And it's just all about him as a leader. There's some really good stuff in here. I want to share my favorite part of it because it has nothing to do with hockey or anything. Uh, This is the best thing I've ever read about Claude Giroux. This is the beginning of a paragraph. Ivan Provorov figured something was up, but he was too tired to think much about it. The Flyers had just arrived in Toronto, and the Russian-born defender needed some rest, so he didn't worry about the fact that when he checked into his hotel room, there'd been just one key in the envelope instead of the usual two, the second for insurance in case he lost the first. 
I walked into my room and I went straight to bed, Provorov recalls. His roommate, Konechny, came in soon after. A few seconds later, Provorov was startled right out of bed and Konechny was yelling an alarm. Giroux had jumped out of their closet! <laughs> he is 30, but sometimes you can't tell, says a grinning Konechny, who's 21. Shane Gossesbear, 25, takes it even further. He's a child! The towering defenseman, which I put my own question mark. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know where they came up with that. The towering defenseman says he's a kid. Kudrow's <laughs> freaking hilarious. He and this whole thing was out of their closet. And this whole thing was kids. this whole thing was about how Giroux has matured more, like in his routine and his preparation. He said he didn't really understand that he needed to take care of his body off the ice. And then the injuries started piling up. He was just like, yeah, when you're young, you get hurt. And you're just like, whatever, I don't feel it. <laughs> and then, you know, all of a sudden you have three injuries. And you're like, maybe I should start taking care of myself. And he did. And he credits that a lot. I, I, I feel you, Claude. <laughs> everybody, everybody who's been through their late 20s feels you. <laughs> I read that article and my first thought was, God, I guess I do have to do that stupid fucking foam roller. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's actually one thing he brought yeah, up. He's he like, brought I, up. I would see the veterans like rolling, you know, and they I would got, be like, yeah, you got to roll it out. What's their problem? I'm fine. And then all of a sudden, I'm Aww. dealing with nine injuries at once thinking, maybe I should stretch. We're all like, old. Yeah. My, we get it. My other favorite thing was that his second favorite sport is bowling. Bowling. And he oh, loves. Yeah, no, he's I believe such a that. dork. No, that's he's. He like, does his charity bowling. Oh, that's yeah. 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 And he's a ridiculous competitor and a terrible sore loser. Wayne yeah. Simmons told a story about. Uh, he's like, yeah, when you know, before Wayne and G got married, they're out with their fiancés at the time, and they all go bowling. And Simmons' fiance beats Giroux. And Giroux wouldn't let them leave until he got the victory back. Mm-hmm. And Simmons is like, yeah, if you beat, you're better off just losing to him. <laughs> you play him in ping pong, bowling, what, video games, it doesn't matter. Let him you're, win. You're better off just because you're not going to be able to leave. You're not going to be able to move on with your day. I mean, lest less, less we forget, this is a guy who broke both his wrists and there's a picture of him playing beer pong. Yeah, that was the best. Oh my God, that was the best shit ever. That I was totally... probably like, he probably wasn't playing in the play and, and somebody at this party is like dude I can beat you in beer pies oh it's on oh <laughs> uh, yeah but it was just like it's all about how he's matured in his preparation but he's still like a fun guy and he's much more of a vocal leader than he used to be a lot of stuff like that but it was a good really good read I highly recommend it it was on Sportsnet it was a really good read well, one thing that I really liked about it too um, that you kind of hinted at but you didn't focus too much on okay. so I'll, I'll run with it it goes back to something that always has annoyed me about certain sections of the Flyers fan base in terms of their criticism of Giroux. I, I, few things annoy me more than when I hear people say he's a bad captain, he doesn't care, you know, he does he, you know, how, how can this team be so gutless? Giroux's a bad captain, he doesn't even care about winning. Like, if there's one criticism you can throw at Claude Giroux is that he cares too freaking much. Yes. Like, he cares so much that he sometimes knocks himself out of his game because he's so ticked off at himself. Like, don't don't yell at this guy for not caring. If anything, he cares more than he should. But he's there's no one on the ice. I don't care what team they're playing. There's no one on either team that cares more about winning that game than Claude Giroux. And to... Part of the reason I thought he seriously was in decline is because of kind of how big of a badass he is. He's not a big guy. He never misses games. Don't tell him that. Yeah, he's not a big guy. He never misses games. There was a time he would go into a corner and always come out with the puck. And when I started to see him not coming out with it, I'd be, ugh. 
But I thought like part of the reason I thought he was in decline was he's played through so many injuries because he's not the biggest guy. He goes in, he plays a physical game, he grinds it out, goes into the corners, he played penalty kill a lot more earlier in his career, but he, they're still using him on it in different situations. He just like I thought so many things were adding up to like an early decline for him that I, I just didn't think he'd be able to overcome it. But much to much much to my happiness, <laughs> he, he very much has. Mm-hmm. And like fourth in Hart Trophy voting last year, maybe I'm a homer. Easily, like, he should have been top three. He should have, he should have been yeah. at least nominated over Kopitar. Yeah, he that's absolutely. He should have been nominated over Kopitar. Uh, but you know. L.A., whatever. I don't know. Who who won? Oh, um, Paul. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe deserved. Mm. Maybe deserved. Maybe he really was the most valuable player, but Drew... Whatever. Drew deserves some recognition in that in that regard, and I'm just happy to see he's getting, you know, some national. This is... It's hockey in Canada. This is what it is. It's some national publication that's, mm-hmm. you know, talking about our captain, and he's damn good at his job. Are you going to go into this franchise leaderboard yeah, thing? Yeah, This is interesting. Yeah. So... Drew on the franchise leaderboard. They're talking about uh, you know where he is in assists. He he got the uh, assist against Vegas to put him into uh, to put him into I think third place by himself or fourth place. I have it right in front of me. So I started looking about at everything he's gonna he's gonna be at the top of. Bobby Clark is going to be the only flyer with better numbers than him at the end of Drew's career, unless something you know catastrophic happens. But Bobby Clark is going to be the only guy with better numbers. So, games played. Currently, Giroux is 8th, passing Eric Desjardins with his two games this season. He'll move into a tie for 6th with Rick McLeish and Bob Kelly with his next game played. He needs 14 to pass Chris Terrian for 4th and 51 to it's pass... Crazy. It's crazy to 50, get a Chris Terrian played the 4th most right? games in Flyers history. I know. <laughs> and 51 to pass Brian Propp for 3rd. In all likelihood, only Bill Barber and Bobby Clark will have played more games in a Flyers uniform by season's end. Assists. Giroux is 3rd with 465 after moving ahead of Hall of Famer Bill Barber this week. Brian Propp has 480. Bobby Clark... 852 only players ahead of him. We are talking about the all-time greats in this franchise's in in the history of this, you know, 50-year-old franchise. He's one of the best players ever. Points. Drew is currently 5th with 679, Rick McLeish 697, Prop 849, Barber 883, Bobby freaking Clark 1210, only players ahead of him. Goals Drew is a little further down. 13th with 214. Brenda Moore is 21 ahead of him at 10th. So he could, you know, I assume he's going to be top 10 in goals by yeah. the end of this year. Yeah. Uh, it could be tough for him to get to number two in goals, but not impossible. Prop has 369. And Bill Barber's really nice total of 420 is pretty much out of question. <laughs> They're I both never pretty want, nice. Yeah, I know. 369 and 420 is pretty great. Not bad. I, if anyone ever beats Bill Barber, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> I really never want that total. But Claude Giroux is going to be top two in probably all major categories by the time his career is over. We're not far from the next generation of fans all saying that they got into hockey because of Claude Giroux. They're mm-hmm. Flyers fans because of Claude Giroux. We're not far from it. I have a friend who coaches hockey in South Jersey, Clearview. You've heard me talk about them during post games and stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm at one of his games last season, and I just see this you know, right-handed center taking a defensive zone face-off. 
and he's wearing number 28. That's cool. I was like, that's cool. Yes. Yes. Because like, you know, it's when happening. I was growing up, when I was growing up, everyone yeah. wanted to wear 88. Yep. And now yeah. here it is. This yep. is, this is it. It's happening. Yeah. I yeah. think I, I said this at the end of this past season and I, I, I'll amend it because I had honest, I was honestly only looking at skaters, but I said that I think that by the end of his career, Claude Giroux could be the second best player in franchise history. I, I will amend that that Bernie is ahead of him yeah. too. But like top three, I I really think he will end up top three. Oh yeah. And honestly, if 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 he can win a cup, and obviously that's a big if yeah. because we're Flyers fans, um, I would not have an issue putting him over Bernie because Bernie just didn't play that long. Yeah, he he mm-hmm. had the two when he was back to back Con Smythe in both Vezina both years. Awesome. But that was it. Yeah, you know? and like he, I think he only had what like seven or eight seasons yeah. with the Flyers. So like, if he could win a cup, I, I would consider putting him over Bernie. But like, right now he's pacing in my mind to be the third best player in franchise history, yeah. which is pretty awesome. And uh, damn, oh, that, something I something else I saw this week. Sports Illustrated had an article about adding names to the cup, and they just had to take a ring off. Washington is now the first ring at the at the bottom. Right, right, right. They're alone at the bottom. The next ring will come off in 2031, in which season the Broad Street Bullies will be coming off. The Flyers have to be on the goddamn Stanley Cup. <laughs> they have to win a cup by 2031. All right, this is it. 2031, that's when it has to happen by. We got some time. We're not asking for a lot. No, yet. I'm not really asking for much. No, no you're I, asking for a lot. I don't think this is too much to ask for to win one every 70 years. <laughs> Doing some quick math. Whatever the hell it will be. Close like, enough. Yeah, like, I don't think I'm asking for too much here. I just want the Flyers represented on the Stanley Cup. Can we do that, please? I yes. would like to petition the team. <laughs> yes. Like, It'll please. happen, William. I, really... I, I, think, I think that it will. We'll see. I wasn't as optimistic as some people were going into this season. Um, and the way that they've played and some of the things that have carried over have, you know. It's the coach. I don't know I if it'll mean, be this season, but. <laughs> well, it's, no, it's definitely not going to be this season, but I was expecting them to take bigger yeah. strides than they have, and mm-hmm. losing JVR for a month and a half is. Less He's going to be nice and fresh. Help. Now, like Charlie was saying, it's probably good to get guys in the rotation. Jordan Wheel. Jordan <laughs> Wheel. When gonna, did I say this? Yeah. Oh, 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 oh when I was saying about yeah. the defense. The one yeah, game. About the yeah. defense. Yeah. Yes. Jordan Wheel, he's going to get his legs under him, and then he's mm-hmm. going to come back. He's going to be a playoff hero. He's going to be like the Villy Leno. Oh, God. Uh, just God. coming in with very little regular season and just dominating for us in the playoffs. You know, I would love that for Jordan Wheel Me because too. he does not deserve the fate that he has been handed. Nope. <sighs> like, he's one of our 12 best forwards, right? Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, when. When one of them right now is Yuri Leterra. He's probably better than Yuri Leterra. <laughs> so, yeah, he's one of our sure. best words. Guys, that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio. Another episode just flew by. This is our 100th as a team. So, I want to thank you three for coming along on this ridiculous uh, journey with me as I just yell at you guys and <laughs> you respond, you know, tell me I'm stupid and whatever. But it's great. People seem to really dig the show. I hope we do at least another 100 more together. That's all the time we have. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey goals? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys. The Flyers! Broadstreet Hockey Radio! Turn the shit up, you motherfucker! Broadstreet Hockey Radio! Got the best!
I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.